This week on the Horse Racing Happy Hour, Epicenter won the Louisiana Derby. Is he the favorite come the first Saturday in May? Is putting Classic Causeway in the winner's circle of the Florida Derby an oversimplification of what could happen on Saturday? Will Secret Oath make a pact with the coach to enter the Derby's starting gate? We'll find out in the Arkansas Derby. Can Tiz the Bomb get some A5 Wagyu delivered to the winner's circle for his connections in the Jeff Ruby Stakes? Proving we can still be fools in March. The happy hour starts right now. Welcome in to the horse racing happy hour where that is not our usual, that is our usual clink, not our <laughs> usual music, not our usual first voice that you hear, but don't worry, the big Mike Gandolfo is here. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he's he's no, muted. He's <laughs> but anyways, I'm Megan Devine, joined by Louis Rubo, who you can Howdy. hear and see. Uh, and if you're tuning in this week with the camera, it is quite the treat because uh, I am in a casual sweatshirt. Louie is outside, which I just, I mean, it is commitment. And we will tell you why he is outside coming up. Yep. But he is in a full-on hat that I can only assume you've had for a while being from Michigan. Like that is your, it's your garb. Right? Let's put it this way. It's made by Gap, and I don't even know. If, do they have Gap still? I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, see, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Michael, how are you? Uh -huh. It's yeah. his Cousin Eddie hat. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> it works. It. I'll tell you what. I'm telling you. What song are this what to the, the, the show, to start the show? Huh? What? You said that it wasn't our normal music. What happened? It wasn't. It was like piano music. What? Yeah, you played a different. Uh, our, you played a different Fat Boy Slim song. That's what happened. <laughs> all right, well, you know right. that one. I, I mean, it was it was jazzy. It was cool. Whatever, it's fine. This is a and Mike feeding and Peeps. Like, gosh, this show is already <laughs> so great, <laughs> and it is a special one too. Hell yeah! But this is right? like this is like right. This right? show is. <laughs> It is special because number one, we got a sponsor. Louie, you want to tell me about our sponsor? Yeah, so we've uh whoo, too smoky. I've we've hooked up with the uh the boys <laughs> in Ebor City down at Single Barrel Cigar Company. You can see their logo bottom Woo. left on all of our stuff. Megan and I are repping the uh the sweatshirts. Mike has one, he just Sweat literally shirt. walked in the door two minutes before we not even before we started this. And so uh, and Mike's literally eating dinner. So yeah. uh not that uh so on brand for that Italian. Megan and I, <laughs> Megan and I actually met Nick. Uh, came up from Ebor City, met us. We actually had bourbons with Nick and uh, hammered everything out. Nick but, from uh, Single Barrel Cigar Company. Yeah, and they are launching nationwide tomorrow. Uh, we suggest you go find them in all their socials. Uh, they are mostly right now on Facebook and on Instagram. Actually, Single Barrel Cigar Company, and uh, they're launching nationwide. They are a um, cigar company that gets all of their uh, cigars from Honduras. They roll them, hand roll in uh, Ybor City down there in Florida, and then they age them, they finish them for two months in bourbon barrels uh, that have already been emptied out, of course, and uh, and then they ship them out. They're actually working. This one is actually one of their I got a little sneak peek here. This is the uh, the coffee uh, <laughs> version, and so it's uh, aged in bourbon barrels and then aged in coffee, and so it's a, a little bit of a mix of both, but um, mm -hmm. I've been told, as long as you mention us in your notes, in your shipping notes, there will be a little bit of an extra kicker 
uh, if you uh, go ahead and oh. order from Single Barrel <laughs> this week and next, Nick will join us live next week to chat all things cigars. But we are um, we're excited because it's not just uh, it's not just a sponsorship; it's a true partnership. They're going to be helping us out with some gear and some giveaways and stuff like that. We're going to have an event up here in Louisville in a couple weeks, which is going to be great. So uh, excited to have Nick and Matt and all those guys down there in Newport City on board with us. And uh, I think it's also just an excuse to go to Tampa. So have either of you ever been to Ebor City? Yes. No. Ebor City is awesome. Number one for the chickens. Like (laughs) there's cocks everywhere. There's just cocks. Okay. Brad Cox? No. Okay. (laughs) Come on now. Put your mind. And I'm like and literally like, sounds like you'll be walking house, down but... the street and there's like someone eating lunch with a chick with a live chicken just sitting on the table. <laughs> and well, that happens. Yeah. yeah, that's like Key West too, though. There's yeah, just right. like chickens walking around. All right, yeah. I'm getting some. So, uh, well, that's exciting. I oh, no. I'm looking forward to it. Plus, we have hundred point races um, this week as well for the Kentucky Derby prep races. So that it's a big time year. Yeah. All right. Is my sound better now? You do. Yes. Okay. Speaking of which, on the 100 point races, mm-hmm. when did they change it up where like the wood, like Arkansas is usually the next week, and then, then Santa Anita, Wood, and Florida are usually yes. the week before? No. All of Oakland's schedule this year is pretty much completely different because they started a month earlier. Correct. So their races shifted quite a bit. So there's actually, there is more time. Um, a week more between the Arkansas Derby and the Kentucky Derby than there usually is. And I think they did that because they used to be only three weeks before the Derby. I think a lot of traders right. wanted to be a month or more out. And so they made this as part of the shift to the new schedule that they have. But Mike, right, you were well, totally now the right. wood in Santa Anita is later. Right. So what do you think? How that's that? The Santa Anita Especially Derby Santa later? being the shipper. Well, it's next week. Right. It, gives you, it gives you a month to get here. It's a three. It's, well, it's, yeah, it's still it's still three weeks. And also you have to think the Derby's late this year too, because it actually is still a month, I believe, because the Derby's not until May 7th, the latest date it could possibly be. So, so it's good. There you go. Yeah. This is the one weird year where Derby and mother's day are on the same weekend. And my birthday and your birthday and the anniversary <laughs> of you getting engaged, which I all... won't get to celebrate because no, that was like May 2nd. I don't know for third, yeah. third, first, something first. like that. I don't yeah, know. First. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. But this will be my second derby. Um, that's my birthday, and the first one wasn't very much fun either. It was Nyquist, and I worked the whole time, and it was like weird weather. And so, I'm going to celebrate the day after <laughs> derby because derby basically doesn't exist. Yeah, I would expect you're such a princess that you would get <laughs> like a birthday month. And um, no, I'm not really one of those people. Actually, you'd be surprised. Do I look like I have a fake background behind me? Does that look like a little like like (laughs) it's great. I love it. There we go. I got to do the show out here all the time. All right. All right. All right. Come on. Let's get into the show. We're we're seven minutes in here. What what are we doing? Seven hours ahead of every minute. So, all right. So we do have highlights from last week. Since Mike, I I want Mike to be able to eat. Um, I mean, pizza. Listen, (laughs) do we have, we have epicenter. We need to, we got to start there because yeah, let's go right now. It looks like he probably is going to be the Derby favorite, depending on what happens this weekend. Traditionally, the horse that wins the Louisiana Derby doesn't necessarily win the Kentucky Derby, so that would be a little bit of a mm-hmm. surprise. But let's look at Epicenter's right. performance from uh, last weekend. 
Zozos, Pioneer Medina, and here's a sweeping epicenter. Those building momentum, three quarters, one minute, 11.69 seconds. Epicenter has taken the lead. Both inside Zozos, then Pioneer Medina, and Call Me Midnight. Coming past the 16th, it's Epicenter, who's kicked away now from Zozos. Pioneer Medina will be third best. Epicenter wins the Louisiana Derby. All right, Megan, how do you feel about Epicenter's big win there in the Louisiana Derby? I mean, I thought it was good. You know, he had already won at um, a mile and an eighth. This race was a mile and a three sixteenths. Um, love that he, that, who was on him? Rosario didn't really have to take out the whip until the final stages of that just to keep him going a little bit, which I thought was a learning experience for the horse. And you did see him drift because he, he did drift towards the left um, just a little bit and he got on the rail. And then when he did that, you saw Joel take out his left-handed stick and give him a yes. couple of taps just to kind of keep him straight. And also just to keep him, you know, moving on and let him know that, Hey, I know we're out in front, but the race isn't over yet. Cause oftentimes, and we saw this with like Monoma girl and, I mean, there's countless others that they just, they do just enough and they take care of themselves in that way. So they, they get in front, they see that they've won essentially. Right. If we're talking about like horses running together as a herd, they see they're in front, they see they won. They're like, yeah, I'm good. But it's not always that way. And a lot of times if you don't kind of teach a horse, a young horse, especially like a three-year-old to keep going through that, then that's where they kind of get clipped at the wire by you know, a fast closing horse in some scenarios. So I thought it was a, um, a really good race for him and a good learning experience as you, you know, move forward towards the toughest race of his career. And I mean, we know that this Derby field is going to be very, there's a lot, just a lot of parody, right? This is like the Derby field and college basketball seem to be uh, mirroring themselves, but uh, chances the epicenter is the um, going to be the, the, the odds on favorite. First Saturday morning? I think it depends. Think? I think it depends on what Forbidden Kingdom does. I totally um, agree. In that. the Santa Anita Derby. I feel like it's probably gonna be him. Um but I, I think it'll be <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. one of we'll them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. But I, I think it's probably gonna be, you know, depending on what the Santa Anita Derby, I think is gonna be the biggest race, honestly, of this season, just because you have, you know, Forbidden Kingdom in there, you have some of the previously trained by Bob Baffert horses. Um so that's going to be a really good litmus test for, for, for who is going to be a top contender shipping in. All right. Well, let's look now at the Fairground Oaks and get a look at Echo Zulu. And we'll go to Louie, who is our uh, Oaks expert, uh, breaking down the. <laughs> it's this. Echo Zulu after three quarters and one minute 11.70 seconds. Echo Zulu charging hidden connection. Favorite toward the inside as Turner Loose has dropped back. There's one for long to go. It's Echo Zulu who leads against the inside for Joel Rosario. Hidden connection trying hard on the outside. Favors third. They're close to home. It's Echo Zulu. Hidden connection on the outside. Echo Zulu and hidden connection. All right. Uh, able to hold off a big run from hidden connection. Uh, what do you think about those two horses, Louie? Uh, not a lot. I, um, uh, I did see a lot of hate for uh, Echo Zulu's first run in 2022 on Twitter. But to be fair, horse racing Twitter is the most negative place I've ever been. And so um, <laughs> it's hard to know if people really feel That's that so way true. or if they're just battling yeah. to be the most negative about a horse. And so, uh, no, for a first time back, frankly, off a layoff like that, going two turns, going a distance like that. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's, I mean, it, it says something about the horse that she's still got the stamina and the legs to do that. If she improves off of that, then we're talking about something. But I do think the top of the Philly class right now 
does not involve Echo Zulu. I think she's a little bit below, say, a Secret Oath or someone like that. There's a couple of horses at the top. I think there's one, unfortunately, that might be running in Arkansas this weekend that isn't going to get any Oaks points. Um, but, uh, you know, unlike Gulfstream, where I feel pretty chalky about the Derby, I think we're going to get some surprises in Arkansas. Um, I, I'll be interested if my thoughts on what's going to happen in Arkansas will change how I feel about the top horses in the Oaks. But as of now, I do have – I have Echo Zulu court sort of second class in the Oak Trail. Okay, good deal. And let's uh, just touch on a couple other things from last week before we go on to. Just- hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I can I make a comment? I so I actually disagree with Louie. And I while I agree that this was her least um, impressive race because we're kind of used to Echo Zulu, the, the lowest margin she has won by has been four lengths. So the fact that this was like a nose or whatever it was officially is kind of disappointing. But to Louie's point. You know, she was coming back off a layup, and this is a horse that's never experienced a layup in her career before. Pretty much when she started, she started July, September, October, November. She had a pretty regular schedule, and therefore she's probably a horse that needs that consistency when she's racing. And maybe one, depending on how she works in the morning, which looks like her times are okay, but she runs a lot of 51s and 3s and a minute and 1 and workouts. So I wonder if this is a horse that needs that afternoon experience to get that fitness back and to keep herself in shape. So I think that this is definitely a horse that is included in the top selections when you're talking about the Oaks this year, because I think she's going to really improve from this because she had that racing experience. Well, and wouldn't you so, rather see like a horse ch- get challenged a little bit and see how they respond? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I had that thought originally, but then I kind of looked back at the race and she didn't really respond to the challenge. She got lucky to be still out in front when the horse was challenging. I, I, I don't know that there was it. like a fight back there. I got you. So okay. that's, but I think, but it's still, she won. She did just enough to get it done. And I think that again, based off her times in the morning, so I'll have to ask the connections about this. I don't think she's a great workhorse in the morning. So I'd be curious to see, you know, next time out, she's probably going to look a lot more tucked up, really fit and have that nice, strong, dominant, you know, kind of, carrying speed that we've seen before from her i just want to touch base real quick just because it was such a big day in dubai last uh last weekend and go building off the breeders cup you know the japanese horses are just really starting to show a ton of class and then we had yeah hot rod charlie allowing country grammar to finish first <laughs> which is nice because you know, not every horse gets to succeed like Hot Rod Charlie, and just um, so still, I really, it's still like a three million dollar check for finishing yeah, second or something. You know, yeah. he, he was I happy mean, with that. <laughs> Let Country Grammar have his day, and you know, Hot Rod uh-huh. Charlie. It was it was really nice. So, uh, but I mean, I think it's a bigger story about the Japanese horses than it is about Country Grammar. I mean, Japanese horses are really starting to come to the forefront. I have a serious yeah. question, and it's yeah. an, it's an ugly horse racing question. If instead of these okay. being Japanese horses, they were Baffert trainees, what would everyone be saying? Wait, what? What? So instead of these all being Japanese connections and Japanese trainers and all that stuff, and all of a sudden getting very good and jumping up in all of these races, if these were all trained by Baffert, what would people be saying? Why do the Japanese uh, get no. the why do the Japanese get the benefit of the doubt here? I really am I'm kind of curious actually. But why shouldn't they get the benefit of the doubt? It seems built, very sudden, that's had- all. No, but they have had years and years and years of a building program that they've established. I mean, they constantly bring horses from here 
over there to make into stallions. They're a big buyer in our sales here in the US and bring horses over there. So they've both, which is interesting because a lot of the, the top horses that they've had have had pretty strong US connections in the pedigree. But the horse that won the UAE Derby with Crown Pride is actually a horse that is, if you go through those bloodlines, it's Japan top and bottom all the way through. So it's really interesting because one, they've built a really good program themselves with their own horses, but two, the influence of some of the American horses has really helped their breed, I think, to be more competitive on the world scale, both here in the US, obviously, which is on Breeders' Cup, but also at a place like Maidan. Uh, I think we're going to see a Japanese horse win the Derby. I, I remember when I, the uh, no, Japanese rode. No way. Not, I don't not, think this horse wins the Derby. No, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Not this year. Like, okay. Like in, in recent. Mike made the claim uh, last week that sure. he thought before we got, say, an Arabian Peninsula yeah. shipper to win, we'd get a Japanese horse to win. And, and I, I, think, I, I don't disagree. Right. And I think what was amazing yeah, to me true. was we had, uh, you know, when the, Louie and I were, I remember when they started the Japan road to the Kentucky Derby, and I think we kind of laughed at it. And now it's like, uh, well, I think the we first knew, year the qualified race was on grass. I mean, well, for they example, were also I mean, like, yeah, but we knew they were chasing the money. Like they, they were chasing but the better. There's a lot of, aren't there races in, in England and Europe that are, you know, on grass or synthetic too. I mean, and the Jeff Ruby stakes is on synthetic though. Don't we laugh at all those? I'm laughing at the Jeff I mean, Ruby yeah. Race. Well, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Based on, <laughs> based on the fractions alone, I don't know. I, That's I would be very deep dirt and course the field there, too. You know that. that yeah. And the yeah, it is. Years, there will be a horse. I don't, I don't know that this horse comes and, you know, does what it did in Maidan here at Churchill no. Downs. But I don't know. We'll see. 20 years. In 20 years. In the next 20, <laughs> 20 years, we'll have a horse from Japan. That's what I'm okay. trying to say. Well, I, I think All this right. is an honest question that I have related to it is, you know, I, I think the surprising thing is not if these Japanese horses were coming and winning on turf. You look at the program and everything is based off of turf. They have mm-hmm. four group races on dirt in japan out of 27 group races total it is a very turf heavy right circuit so the right. fact that we have horses coming in and ex- uh, succeeding at the dirt surface is the surprising part of it all i like it yeah i agree definitely all right jd wants to make sure that we uh we ask is there any anything to mention about any of the winners from sunland like do we think either one's gonna factor <laughs> in no. Okay. Um, do they ever? No. Well, <laughs> I, I, I put that have. question I mean, on there. Too, uh, won the Kentucky Derby, yeah, right? But, uh, okay. Mine is that. Finished, like, Let's third just... in an optional claim yeah, or won okay. the Southern Derby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I think the only thing we really got right about the capping for that was it didn't feel like any of the shippers were top level shippers. And so play the local horses, a local horse right. won. It happened to pay a hundred dollars. And so hopefully someone made some money off the show last week. All right. Well, well we've already no, kind wait, of introduced Andy, who was trained by Doug O'Neill. Who won? Yeah, in the Oaks, though, Cleopatra's Charge was yeah. uh, oh, right, right, right. a okay. local yeah, horse yeah, yeah, who yeah. Had, whose I, only other win sorry. was a maiden yes. claiming win at uh, Remington. Right. But to be fair, um, we also talked about the fact that we thought that there were going to be some pretty decent horses, you know, running second and third or whatever to, to include those in your exact or whatever. And then you had bye bye Bobby, a horse like that for Todd Fincher, you know, jump up and do really well. And so, um, so actually I thought it was pretty good just from a betting perspective because you had those unknowns, which we talked about. All right, we're going to move on. We've already introduced our uh, new sponsor, but again, we're so lucky and fortunate to have a partner of Single Barrel uh, Cigars. And again, if you go to their website, which is Louie? Their website is up and kicking um, in two days. They have not yet finalized all that. Go find them on social media right now. 
Um, Find them on social media. Tell them you heard about them on the happy hour. That's right. And you might get a little, yeah. little bonus in your package. Well, oh, something, something. something. Most sure. of the times I don't want my <laughs> any bonus packages. You know, I just want to know what I'm getting on that. So, <laughs> yeah, it took you a little bit on that one. I'm All not right. going to comment on so that. So, by the way, just uh, for everybody's sort of uh, knowledge tonight, uh, we are doing a, a Gulfstream and Oaklawn show tonight. And then Megan's going to be live at the uh, at the at the Jeff Ruby Stakes on Saturday at Turfway. So Megan and I are going to sit back down tomorrow and do a full look at all of the stakes at Turfway. Uh, so we're going to split up the show just because otherwise this would be, uh, as uh, one commentator once said, a Russian novel. And so we are not going to do a Russian novel. Let's we'll go ahead. We will, and then... <laughs> however, give a, a quick pick for the Bourbonette and the. Um, Jeff Ruby Stakes, but yes. we'll go into more detail uh, for because it's a big day over there. So let's start we'll go into there. Are you okay if we start there? For, for sure, sure. Let's, let's start not? with the Bermanette. All right. You know, screw the show sheet. Screw the show sheet. Wow. <laughs> First this time ever. A mic we have never yeah. seen before. Yeah, never. <laughs> He's at home. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> before Megan tells I'm me different. about how North uh, North County is going to win this race, uh, Louis, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and uh, give me your picks, Louis. Man, that's such a good line out of you. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let me get to the bottom of my notes since I have them at the bottom of my notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with Megan that North County is going to run really well in this. Um, <laughs> I am interested to see if Katish, the 11, I think it's the 11. I don't, my PPs don't have anything on them. Yes, Six to one, is. Jonathan Thomas is coming out of a maiden win over the synthetic at Gulfstream. Uh, the same tapita surface that they installed last year. So it runs a little bit differently than the one at um, Turfway, but it's going to be a horse that's going to try to get out front, stay out front. Once in a while, you do get those kinds of winners. So I am interested in Katish. I do agree about North County. And then a trend that's happened this year that we've seen is the horses that ran at the very highest level at Churchill Downs have come in and done very well um, at, uh, at Turfway Park. And so we're, we're likely to see a very good effort from Sandstone who is coming off of a layoff from November out of the Kenny McPeak barn with Brian Hernandez Jr. Um, was running, uh, ran in the Golden Rod, hit the board, uh, ran third behind Hugh Gear, who will be in uh, the Florida Oaks. Or no, is she in the mm-hmm. Oakland Oaks? I can't remember. And then, um, and then of course, the behind fantasy, you mean. the fantasy, excuse me. And then Dream Lith, of course, who's running uh, tomorrow as well. And so you get this really nice field in that Golden Rod. She's already got that two-turn experience. She comes back here in this spot. Uh, he's actually been working here at Gulfstream Park. Comes up. The weather's not going to be so bad at Turfway. It's going to be high 50s or something like that, but no precipitation, not too windy, something like that on Saturday. So I'm not worried about that shift. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's already in town, frankly. Um, but uh, $165,000 purchase, a street sense, uh, street sense for a daddy. So, I mean, no, no questions about that. So I think you have to include Sandstone in your, uh, in your handicapping and then some, some version of Katish and uh, North County. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm questioning Katish. I don't know okay. that I love her. Um, I'm also, you know, she kind of confuses me because she's had some some good races on synthetic, but I think, you know, bloodlines wise, she's also obviously arrogate and she's, um, I think I did some research on her damn side. Her damn's greatest stakes winner, uh, finished second in the Raven run at Keeneland and the Beaumont and whatever. So, I, I almost feel like she fits a little bit better to the Gulfstream Park Oaks, but also okay. you get a horse like Sandstone for Kenny McPeak, and I feel like she shows up in the Bourbonette. I actually would rather see her in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. So there's well, a few horses that, that are, sure. yeah. you know, I'm like, why here, though, you know? Um, 
so yeah, I, I don't know. I said this, <laughs> I'm just gonna, North, North County is going to be one of those horses for me that I will never not bet, you know? And then the one time that I do bet her, um, she, or I'm sorry, don't bet her is when she'll win. She'll win. She'll not win every other time. So I just, I told, I said this when we talked about her earlier, I thought she looked like a turfy horse. I was kind of surprised by how well she did at Keeneland. Granted, it was a sloppy racetrack. It was a race that was taken off of the turf. And then she performed so well in the untappable at fairgrounds. Picked her last time in the Rachel Alexandra. She just was nowhere to be found. Turner Loose and Goddess of Fire were in there. So there are some pretty decent horses. But still, that race I thought was, was really bad for her. Like really bad in the way that, you know, it makes you question like, what was up? Did something happen? Is there, you know, a, a real reason behind that? Um, but I think at least physically, she absolutely fits this type of a surface, even though she's never run on it before. So she has that really scopey, turfy kind of look that I think performs well on synthetic. So I'm a big fan. Plus not this time is like on fire for being a, you know, Derby Oaksire, et cetera, for that classic type of a horse. So I'm going to take the 10, the eight sandstone, but again, kind of curious about this one ending up here, but Kenny's certainly very good with these types of horses. I, I think she's had some good experience at a route of ground on uh, Churchill, but again, she's never tried the synthetic. And then the seven, Mrs. Barbara, who I think JD likes in here also um, for Mark Cassie has all that experience on the turf, uh, the synthetic over there at Woodbine. So we'll see if she steps it up here. She is second off the layoff, which I think both JD and I really like. All right. We're going to move then on to the Jeff Ruby stakes. Main event today, and uh, who do you like here, Megan? Uh, I'm on the seven. I went seven, maybe you include the one and the five, but I think Tiz the Bomb wins this one. I was actually a little disappointed by his race last time. I thought he'd win a lot easier than he did, to be fair, uh, against Stolen Base, but I, I still think he's a pretty talented horse, so I'm going to go there. Yeah, I agree with Megan on Tiz the Bomb. I think Stolen Base, who was right there, and because you get Gerardo Corrales, who's so good at Turfway Park, um, I think you'd be a little a little unwise to leave him out of, say, a trifecta, an exact kind of play. Um, I also landed on uh, the 12, Black Adder, coming in from California. I just think there's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of talent out of that horse. I know that that's like the, the extra horse Bob Baffert shipped out to another trainer, but I think this is the smart move for them going uh, synthetic to synthetic. Synthetic, synthetic, yeah. Yeah, and then finally the five was the other horse that I landed on. Uh, Tawny Port, which is the, the Brad Cox entry here with Manny Franco. Sneaky good numbers, actually, for Tawny Port coming in here. And um, I, I think can upset a little bit here. Ran in the um, in the Risen Star, didn't work out. Uh, Brad Cox is having a, a really nice meet, at uh, predictably, at uh, Turfway. Brings Manny Franco in for this one. And so uh, interested to see how uh, Tawny Port runs. Once in a while, we always say, oh, yeah, the other Cox, you know, or the other Brown or the other Maker or whatever it is. And so um, I'm wondering if that won't be the horse that jumps up here. So my numbers in the Ruby were yeah. uh, 7, 2, 12, and 5. That was an ABR pick uh, race for me. And I think it feels like a legit grade three. I actually agree with that too, yes. Megan? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, El Camino Real Derby. Uh, <coughs> right. By the way, I was sending our boy some rubber ducks today. Oh, nice. Yeah. So send him yeah. official official Kentucky Derby ducks. <laughs> He's gonna love that. Oh my god. Oh. He's got a love Derby t shirt. I'm I'm texting him yesterday. JD helped me get Dinnerman's phone number and I was texting him. He's like he's like giddy on the text. I mean I'm sure. Awesome. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to Florida. Though. This like, is a very special day to me. <laughs> What's that? 
<laughs> said, when is Matt Dennerman not giddy? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's such a good dude, man. I, yeah. I um, tweeted the I other day that it. he's so good for the sport because the guy never has a bad day. He just doesn't. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move out to a day that's very special in my heart because I used to go to this day all the time. It always Humble hit during brag. spring break. <laughs> What's that? Humble brag, bro. Humble brag. Yeah, Humble brag. Really. Uh, but we're going to start with the – Throw that uh, hashtag out. There you go. <laughs> with the Gulfstream uh, race three – it is the mile and a half on the turf, the Orchard, a great three race, $150,000 purse. Um, Louis, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, I don't love this race, but I guess that if I have to, I'll put the six beautiful lover on top. Um, I'm seeing three to one on the money line, morning line, so I'm actually uh, getting money there because uh, there are two horses ahead of that one. Uh, Christophe Clement, Joel Rosario, uh, one at the distance of the La Previance in January, wins a third of her races, so I think that's kind of a, a bounce back here for her. Of course, uh, in my notes, I have the seven and the two, family way. It's going to get a ton of money from the uh, given the connections. But the horses only wins stateside are in an optional claimer at Churchill Downs and at Kentucky Downs. So I'm actually going to wait for the seven to win a graded stake stateside before I use her. And so I have the two, Harajuku, who's been right there in back-to-back races um, and is the is the most likely longer shot <laughs> nine to five. Uh, if you wanted to use another horse. Uh, so I'm six, two and I'm leaving out uh, the seven here in my handicapping family way. Megan. All right. I have the seven family way. <laughs> uh, after that second last time, I actually thought the mayor ran well fresh. Um, and yes, she has, you know, that win in the Kentucky downs, which should be fair though. And I don't know about the field last year. Some of those Kentucky down stakes races, are not graded but should be like they often oh, get for sure, a pretty sure. good group of horses so you know I, I tend to rate those <clears throat> a little bit better um than what some might i also love the fact that this mare ran against the boys uh at ellis park there that mile and quarter race and you know spooky channel was in there who's i think won a grade three since then uh bluegrass parkway etc so i actually like her quite a bit um i have her and then the two harajuku I don't know what happened last time. Uh, it, it seems like uh, this is a horse who I think should be doing a little bit better than what she has, but she's seen a significant improvement. And I don't know if it's just she likes the warmer weather at Goldstream or something, but her race at Belmont and Aqueduct, she finished seven beaten by four lengths, six beaten by seven lengths. Then she jumps up and she finishes second by a nose at Goldstream, third by a length and a half at Goldstream. So, you know, I... I can't find any particular reason. This would be a question to ask Grand Motion. I hope that the people that are there on site do. Um, is just why the big improvement for her? Because it's not like they took blinkers off or on and, you know, maybe that she didn't like the inner turf that she was racing on. I don't know. Uh, at Belmont and, and Aqueduct, but maybe that's the thing. So I'm, I'm very curious about Harajuku. And then I, I thought about the sixth beautiful lover as well, but um, I... I don't know. I don't think I like her as much as some of the others. All right. We're going to move on to the fifth race, which is the Cutler Bay. It's a mile and a 16th on the turf for three-year-olds. Um, I'm really kind of interested. I think smoking tea, by the way, is my pick. I don't pick for horses very That's often. That's the hunch play of the show, right? That is my hunch play right there. I'm going to go with smoking tea. single barrel cigars, smoking tea. Yeah, I like to it. To be fair, actually, you'll like this even more. So smoke, smoking tea uh, is out of wine princess who won the great nice. two fall city in 2013 love the name too and wine princess is out of aziri who's four million dollar winner oh. an 11 time grade one winner she was 2002 horse of the year 2000 
two through four older mare and Breeders' Cup distaff winner as well. So big, big, big female line there for smoking tea. Like that. All right. Louie, what do you got? I, I landed on horses that are not smoking tea. Uh, so I landed okay. on also, the, yes. <laughs> uh, the five main event who ended up two to one here, George Weaver, Jose Ortiz. Uh, local horse went from maiden special weight win to almost winning the Palm Beach over the turf course at the beginning of March. Gets an extra 16th of a mile here. I actually think she's your likely winner. And then Red Danger lands in the second spot for me, Brian Lynch. Louis Saez comes out of the Palm Beach where he was within uh, two lengths and uh, picks up Louis Saez. And that's going to be a theme for me today. Actually, listen for the name Louis Saez. Uh, I think the jock upgrade means a much better outcome. Mm -hmm. And then the third spot, I have the seven wicked fast. Four lifetime runs has never missed the board. Added, I think again, the added little bit of distance here is helpful. Picks up Tyler. I'm five, eight, and seven in the Cutler Bay. Yeah. So Megan, I, I also think like from a, seven. From a handicapping perspective, like when I looked at Red Danger, and again, this is me. I'm trying to ask the newbie handicapping questions just to okay. kind of look. You look at Red Danger. Red Danger. They're all three-year-old horses. Red Danger's won so much mm. more money than any other horse mm. in this race. But it seems like it's all happened as a two-year-old. You know, do you, do you put stock in that maybe as a two-year-old he was overdeveloped and then everyone's kind of catching up to him as a three-year-old? Here's the thing. He won the Kentucky Downs Juvenile Sprint, which has a purse of $492,000. If you take that race out, he probably has just as much money. I mean, a little bit more than the other horses in here. But that race, like, is unfair to include that if you're going by earnings, which is pro which is the reason why I don't. Because then you have some of those, like, you know, Oakland Park races that are just unbelievable amounts of money. Right. And, you know, or Dubai or Saudi or something like that. And so I'm not a big, I don't go off of earnings. While I, while I feel that they're impressive and, you know, good to note and whatever, um, it really depends on where the horses race. Now, something I think is important with this horse and why I didn't include Red Danger and trying to go against a horse that's five to two is because I think he prefers sprinting. I, I have not enjoyed his uh, longer races. And yes, he did finish fourth, only beaten by, I think, a length of three quarters last time as the favorite, but he, w he wasn't in the top three. His races at Kentucky Downs, where he won that sprint, at Saratoga, um, I think even at Keeneland, no, at Keeneland, he sprinted. Oh, at Goldstream Park, he went seven and a half furlongs on the turf and he won there too. So I'm actually a little bit more confused as to why they aren't letting this horse just sprint because it seems like he really likes that. Uh, so I, that's a reason for me that I, th I felt he was a little bit vulnerable as a possible favorite. I also think Julian Lepereau is winning at 11%. Louis Saez is winning at 23%. You're getting almost double the jockey here, frankly. Well, yeah, Louis but, but, but Lepereau wasn't on, for, well, to, Louis Saez was on for most of his better races. So maybe it's a jockey thing where he has just figured this horse out a little bit better. So you could be right about that. But I also just really question... I think your questions are totally fair, like but I, I do think the jockey overcomes. But whereas you have a horse like main event, um, so I'm correcting myself. He's two to one, so he would be favored over um, over uh, Red Danger. But main event is finished first two races back at a mile and sixteenth on the turf here at Goldstream, and then finished a really good second by a neck last time when they uh, raced him without Lasix, which he will be racing without Lasix here today, and that was a stakes race. And um, I just prefer you know that kind of consistency in this type of a race um and then i i like i said i also include a wicked fast who i think is a really interesting play here stepping up and the trainer wins at 17 percent in stakes races you get tyler third off the layoff you know hasn't finished worse than third in his career so and everything has been at a mile or longer you're right there louis 
You okay? Yeah, I'm great. Right, Sorry, I, I always forget my mic is right next to my face when I have this thing <laughs> yeah. I'm used to the mic at your place. It's my fault. <laughs> let's let's move on to the uh, the Ghost Sapper Stakes, which, of course, is named for the uh, 2004 Breeders' Cup Classic winner, Ghost Sapper. Uh, that's only, I believe, only the second time under the name of the Ghost Sapper Stakes. It was previously named something else. Um, and, of course, last year, or last running of the Ghost Zapper, we saw Eye of a Jedi, which I love my Star Wars horse races, uh, race horses. So there you go. <laughs> uh, this one is for four-year-olds and up. It's a one and eighth miles. So let's go ahead and tell me what you like here, Megan. Um, I like Greatest Honor on top. I also like Fearless, who's your four to five favorite. So I'll get to that horse in a minute. But Greatest Honor absolutely loves Goldstream Park. He is three for four here. Uh, the only other effort at Goldstream resulted in a third place finish. I don't know what happened in the Challenger uh, last time where he finished such a bad effort. He finished six beaten by five lengths and just absolutely nowhere. But that was also at Tampa. It was also a good track. I think he got back to a fast track here. He loves Goldstream. Keep in mind, this is a horse that won last year in the Holy Bull, the Fountain of Youth. And then he finished not a great um third in the florida derby and they didn't run him in the kentucky derby they gave him time off he comes back he runs that bad six but i think this is a race that has a, a pretty good pace setup for him i think there are a few speed horses in here and he's absolutely a hard closer but you've got speed from carlos l laughing boy commandeer could go from the rail there um so i think that you know albeit a, a short field of seven this is the kind of horse that can take advantage of how this pace might set up. Loves this distance. He's never won over it, but he's got two really, really close efforts over it. And everything that he's run at that's been good has been model 16th, model 8th, et cetera. It was previously then, called the House Hope Stakes, by the way. That's so. There you go. Yeah. I, Fearless loves Goldstream Park, too. Seven races here, uh, four wins, three thirds, I think, 0 for 3 at this distance uh, for Todd Pletcher. So I think between those two horses, that's probably, I'm not going to go any deeper than that in my tickets. Um, this horse has run some really, really good, you know, buyer speed figures, et cetera. But I'm going to try to get a price with the, what did I say? The, the, the six over the four. Louie? Yeah, I'm singling fearless here. Um, and it in my notes, I literally have, this is a weird race with a bunch of horses off layoffs, first times with trainers, coming off of weird performances. Uh, so for that reason, I'm just going to grab Fearless. He's been consistent. He's carrying the most right, weight in this race. Sometimes that's a giveaway for me. Uh, Pletcher, Saez, etc. Uh, I'll single the four here in a sequence. I'm getting to feel that this is not a great, great three for you all? For me, it's not, and that's one of the reasons I feel like I can single Fearless. Yeah. Yeah. Then we'll move on yeah, to... Yeah, I think the only the only two horses are the two that we mentioned. That I agree with you. Yep, I agree. Yep. We'll move on to race seven, which is the Sand Springs, a mile and a 16th on the turf for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, $100,000 on the line on this one. Um, Louie, I'll let you go first here. Sure. I, I can't believe I've gotten this far talking about Gulfstream Park in the championship meet and haven't mentioned Irad Ortiz, but here we go. Here's an Irad horse, the five, uh, stunning princess on top. A growing partnership recently, actually, between Ortiz and Danny Gargan and uh, has hit the board the last five. This is the first time with Irad I think in this kind of company, getting Irad in this spot puts uh, puts her over the top. I wanted to look at this race as well. By the way, worth um, mentioning, if these races, for some reason, there is rain in the forecast, but it looks like South Florida rain, to be fair, where they say like 30, 40, 50%, which usually means it's going to rain for 30, 40, or 50 minutes. Um, they're, they're, they're moving <laughs> to the... 
they're moving to the synthetic course if that happens. And so worth looking at the PPs. A lot of horses in here with the synthetic experience, like Grand Ave Girl is in this race, for example, 15 to 1, mm-hmm. has won twice on the synthetic, including an 83 speed figure at Gulfstream Park. So just something to keep in mind as Saturday goes along, you might be able to get a price on some of those horses. And by the way, not going to attract a lot of money is the two Grand Ave Girl. My second, David Fox and Esmael Hamarillo. Six straight races hitting the board. Those two are hitting at 27% right now. I love all of that. So I'm actually going to play the two and the five here. Louis Longshot. Okay. How about it? There you go. Uh, I got Crystal Cliffs on top for Grand Motion, the fourth horse, who is a bit of a closer and needs some pace to run at. Coming off a long layoff, has not raced since June of 2021. But Grand Motion was at 22% when bringing horses back after 180 days or more. Um, it seems like this is a mare that certainly fits within this field. So I am absolutely going to be interested in her, especially at nine to two. And then I got Stunning Princess for Danny Gargan, who's got the experience here at Goldstream Park. Last three races have resulted in a top three effort, um, albeit the last win was in a $25,000 nominers of one um, claimer, or I'm sorry, allowance race. So I think those are the two horses to use. I kept going back and forth about Sugar Fix in here for Staffy Joseph, who's winning at 21% right now. But um, yeah, and then I didn't know what to make of the eight horse who... Yes, right. JD, you and I talked about this horse you know, before. Definitely we definitely have yes. said is a horse that appreciates the synthetic and has run on the turf before an Ontario bred. I mean, ran into Latruska last time on the dirt. And so there's just a lot happening here, <laughs> which is <laughs> right. a fair 12 to 1 price. But Martin Drexler um, is an excellent trainer and, and we see him in other places usually, but he's done really well at this Goldstream Park meet and he's going to get 18%. Also a similar closing style to a horse that I like to come from off the pace, but uh, I'm probably going to stay away from the eight. So for me, it's going to be the four and the five. One to definitely consider if they do move to the synthetic. Agreed. Right. So we're going to move on to the Pan American Stakes, a race that's been around since 1962. It's been a grade one. It's been a grade two. It's been a grade three. It's a grade two right now. And uh, we've seen some incredible horses in the Pan American in the past including Zulu Alpha, who finished second in this race a couple years ago. Sadler's Joy won this race. Generally brings out some really good uh, horses here. This is for four-year-olds and up, and it's one and one-half miles on the turf. So, uh, Megan, who do you like here? Um, I like the three horse, and that is Gufo, who was disappointing in the Breeders' Cup turf last time, finished about 10th. They are taking the blinkers off of this one, which actually he's run pretty successfully in his career without the shade, so I'm not too worried about that. This is a pretty easy spot for this horse. He's this type. He likes this distance. So I certainly think that's a horse that can come back off of the uh, off the layoff. And then you've got the five, a bond for Todd Fletcher um, with Louis Sias aboard two for three here at Goldstream Park. Last time, I think there was some decent trouble. The comment lines say steady, and I think that's fair uh, for that race. Although, keep in mind that with these types of races, if that trouble is really early in a mile and a half race or so, I don't think it should affect as much as some of the shorter races, especially sprint races or, you know, even just kind of regular distance route races. So I think it's it's worth noting, especially since the horse was 60 cents on the dollar as the favorite, but I don't know. It, I, I tend to not give it as much credence as an excuse in this type of a distance race. Yeah. So I, I generally agree with Megan, you know, it's um, 
one really Megan mentioned earlier, another horse that seems to not have great morning works. Gufo is one of these horses that just never is going to wow you with works. Um, but since we're going 12 furlongs, I'm not at all sure that the Gufo works really matter. Um, Abad is the other side yeah. of that working very steadily. Um, it ran very poorly, frankly, by his standards of the Mac DMR the last time out. Um, I, it's Temple who caught him that day. It could be a factor again, but I'm leaving Temple off my tickets because I simply cannot find the last time that that horse went back to back. Um, which, and so I'm, as, as am I, and this horse is five to two, which I think is right. worth noting. Yeah, and yeah. so I think the betting options for this race are pretty easy. You use the three and the five, um, Gufo and Abon, or you grab a long shot. I think that's literally how you have to play this mm -hmm. race. And uh, I'm with Megan, though. We'll go with the class here, three and five. All right. Yeah, the only I'm time Temple is the only time Temple's gone back to back, maiden claiming score. And then a $20,000 claiming sort at Gulfstream. And that was way back in the career. That was uh, before uh, Mike Maker added. Oh, Actually, yeah. I mean, that's several. Yeah, that's, that's the first. That's before the first time Mike Maker had this horse. Oh, jeez. There you go. <laughs> so how's, yeah. how are we feeling on this thing being a grade two? It seems to me maybe more of a grade three. I think the presence of a Gufo and an Abon makes this a grade, a grade two, especially at the special distance. Yeah, but distance to be fair, in have. the last race, there were only two horses that fit, and then we said it wasn't that grade. I feel like it has to be half the field to be considered that. Okay. 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 I don't know. There's a lot of allowance horses here, and like two minus three plus is what I'm hearing. Then sure. Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> You know, she's she's way more on three plus, yeah. Solid three. <laughs> one thing I want yeah. I want to mention quickly: Novo Soul, the one, the Brazilian horse, ran. I'm not allowed to pick those horses. Won. Megan crushes me. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say is the last race in Brazil, this horse lost to a horse named George Washington and a horse named Jackson Pollock. I want to know what's going on with Brazilian horses. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's move on to the uh, the Sir Shackleton, which is a sprint race, seven furlongs on the dirt for four-year-olds and up. $100,000 race. Who do we have in this one? All right. Oh, good. I'm getting a price here. Uh, Louis Longshot, go ahead and say it. Louis Longshot. Bang. All right. Uh, Shivery, the six. Irad and Ralph Nix. Nix does a great job bringing in horses off the layoff. And while he didn't fire in the Hooper, he's settling into more, frankly, of optional claimer type company here. This is very listed stakes. Um, three wins at the distance, only issue here, two for 17 at Gulfstream Park. Um, hits the board a ton, but he won't He won't uh, win because – he won't not win because of Irad. How's that? And so uh, I think he's likely to get every ounce of effort out of the five-year-old Shivery. I have the Shivery on top of six. Then I have the five for all the most – this is – I'm playing this exacta – eight to one um, for the finest um, – you know, just the finest chest hair in the game, Safi Joseph Jr. Uh, he's coming back after a touch of a break after two straight disappointing runs and stakes at a mile or longer. Gets back to seven furlongs where he's won four times. Um, he brings horses off the break, Mr. Chest Hair, at 22%. He and Edwin Gonzalez are actually hitting at 26%, so I'm going to include. The other Safi is Collaborate, uh, who's actually more of a favorite here, three to one, not the favorite, uh, who should have something to say as well. I'm six, five, and nine. Am I seeing an Indiana bred as the favorite in this race? That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, you've got look at Indiana bred, Kentucky bred, Ontario bred, Maryland bred, Florida bred. Um, I this should be the Pan American. That. Am I right? Huh? Uh huh? <laughs> Good. Huh? I, I think this is absolutely what are we doing? a allowance race so yeah Davis, right yeah most of the horses in here are coming out of a win or an effort at the sixty-two thousand level 
right. for the allowance optional claiming. So this is what this feels like. And therefore, I actually think it's a pretty good betting race because I have a number of opinions about these horses because I think they're so evenly matched. Um, the nine collaborate for me, go to back. The horse wins at six and a half furlongs uh, mm-hmm. over at the 62 level. So this is seven furlongs. We're getting back here to a distance I think is comfortable for him. They are putting the blinkers on for the first time, and trainer Saki Joseph wins at 23% when doing that, and also moving horses from route to sprint, which I think Louis said, winning at 25%. I love the third start off the layoff angle. Listen, just draw a line through the Goldstream Park mile. That was way too tough. I don't know what we were doing in there, but the public actually gave him some love. Yep. I think this is absolutely a horse that deserves, that should be at this type of a level. And if you look back at the past performances, made in special weight, allowance, allowance, those were the best races for this horse. And this is where he fits. And this is the type of race that it is. So I've got um, the nine on top. Then I went to the four horse Weyburn at 10 to one, who Mm. is a little bit of a play there for Brendan Walsh. He's going to pick up this horse for the first time. He was previously trained by Jimmy Jerkins. Um, First time with Brendan Walsh horses went at 17%. Keep in mind, this is a horse that won the Gotham at like 50 to one uh, last year. Yeah. But what's interesting is that they, I think they're actually getting this horse back to the distance that he wants to run. Cause I thought, take out the Gotham. Okay. And I mean, he ran okay in the Pegasus that listed stakes race where Mandaloon won, whatever. But this is a horse who did his best running at Aqueduct at seven furlongs, actually over a little bit of a, an off track too. So if there's some rain in the forecast, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, but go. I'm really excited to see this horse come just completely off of that mile and an eighth, you know, mile and a quarter, mile and a 16th type of a, those types of races and get him back to sprinting. So I really like Weyburn for a price. Uh, the two quick tempo for uh, Carlos David, who won last time at the 62,000 level. And then if you like that horse, I think you absolutely have to like um, Fortin Hill, who finished a really close second, who's the one at five to two. So we lost Louie. We lost Louie. That, <laughs> we a, lost Louie. Good thing he went first. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a battery thing or something. That's That would be uh-huh. classic Louie, right? Listen. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right, we're going to move on to uh, race 11, which is the Sanibel Island, a mile and a 16th on the turf for three-year-olds. Um, and we are looking at $100,000 purse again here. Um, I'm I I prefer Captiva Island. I don't know how you feel about that, but um, <laughs> I prefer uh, and, uh, Isla Mirada. Okay, there you go. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Megan, what can we look for here? Oh, me? That's so nice. Well, Louis not on the show anymore. Oh no, Louis Louis coming back. He's coming back. He's back. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I have Ambitus um, on top for Grand Motion. Too tough in the Florida Derby or Florida Oaks last time. Pardon me. Finished a really, really bad ninth. It was a Tampa. I don't think that horse, I just don't know what happened that day, but at six to one, I actually think that that's a horse that can come back and improve here, especially at a track at which she has had some success. Um, so I've got the eight. The nine horse is my Philly Twirl for Brendan Walsh and uh, Julia Leperu coming off of two consecutive wins, but taking a step up. And then the one mischievous Kiss, who Belmont trains getting into the class relief here from a grade three down to the listed stake. And then I, I thought about including the six Shad Nation, um, who was in a stakes race last time as a favorite and did nothing and is coming off a layoff. But I don't know. I think it's one of those sneaky horses for Christophe Clement. You get Irad Ortiz aboard. It seems like a pretty steady work tab that they've got in this horse. So I think it can handle the mile on the 16th. So I, I don't know what to do with that one yet, but I didn't include in my top four. Louis, everything okay? Back, huh? I'm good. I think the only horse you didn't mention is, uh, did you mention Beach Nut Trophy, the Safi Joseph here? I did not. 
No. Okay, coming off of two wins, that's a Safi and a Jose, which I feel strongly about, um, especially the chest hair. And then um, did you mention my Philly twirl here? She did. Uh, the nine with I Brendan did. Walsh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did. Never mind. Withdrawn. And then um, <laughs> I will back up the uh, – what, what I said about this in my notes was you either play one or two horses or you grab five. And I'm going to grab five here, one, two, eight, nine, and six. And so that's where I landed. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we're gonna let's also go the out. seven hail too. If you're like for bloodline people, this is a full sibling to Sadler's Joy, who won two point mm. six million grade one winner on turf, four time graded six winner, etc. So, some pretty, pretty, pretty nicely bred horses in here. A quick right. note: I'm having to put my cigar out just now because I'm burning my fingers. But I started smoking this before the show started, so we're right at about fifty. It's a long burn. So these, yeah, it's about a, about an hour cigar. That's pretty good yeah. value. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the grade two Gulfstream Park Oats, Oaks, not Oats, Oaks. <laughs> Mile on the 16th on the dirt for three-year-old fillies, $250,000 on the line. We got seven horses right here that are trying to get some Kentucky Oaks points. Who do we like in this one, Louie? So I looked through the PPs, and I was like, oh, look, it got us a fire. This is going to be great. And then I looked at the bottom of the next page. Great name for a cigar, by the way. The Goddess of Fire cigar is legit. <laughs> and then uh, Kathleen O was at the bottom of the page, and I thought, oh, She's going to love two turns, in my opinion. And so I'm going to press and single her here. I do expect the trifecta to be filled out by the five, Goddess of Fire. And I like a longer shot running here. Uh, the four running legacy. Um, shocking. Safi goes uh, turp the dirt at 27%. So I'm going to trust him and Tyler here. I'm 754 in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. And do we see a horse here that could be a front runner in the Kentucky Oaks? I think Suge's got a serious one here with Kathleen. Yes. All right. Megan. I've got the five goddess of fire for Todd Pletcher. Luis Diaz coming out of that really good second in the Rachel Alexandra. And then also that race at uh, Tampa, this horse, by the way, a half to mind control. You may remember $1.4 million awesome. winner, two-time grade one winner at Saratoga, six-time grade six winner, et cetera. So, um, I think that she certainly deserves a look, although her only win was a maiden special weight and that was sprinting at Saratoga, but she's, you know, she's done pretty well in some of her other races against some pretty decent horses. And then obviously the seven Kathleen O who, you know, she is just a little bit pace dependent. Um, it's worked out for her so far, obviously, as she's three for three and at Goldstream, she is two for two. She likes this track. I think Shug's got a pretty decent horse in here as well. Um, but it, I think it really depends on how this pace is going to develop because I, I think you've got Katish who could be a front running style type of a horse, but there's really not a lot of early speed, um, in this race with this short field. So it's curious to me about the pace and if that makes her vulnerable. All right. We're going to go off the dirt for just a little bit and go to the turf for the one mile kittens joy Appleton. This is a uh, grade three race for four year olds and up. Uh, Megan, who do you like in this one? Uh, I've got the five gray fables at five to one or gray's fable rather interested to see if this horse is a little bit more forwardly placed than uh, it has been previously past couple of races. They've taken him back off of the pace. He also has run with Lasix. He will not be running with Lasix, but that's okay because he finished a really good third and first when he did not right. have Lasix um, coming off a long layoff. Yes. So hasn't raced since August of 20. 21 at Woodbine for Roger Atfield, but uh, he went at 40% when bringing horses back off of a long layoff like that, 21% in graded stakes races. So if this horse gets a little bit more of an aggressive ride, I'm a big fan because I think that's where he likes to be and where he does his best running. The six safe conduct at 15 to one. 
I have on here for some reason, but I don't feel like I actually like this horse. So I think I was probably trying to save the seven. I don't know. I got to go back and look at my notes. That doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, the two Scarlet Sky, really okay. lightweight in here, gets 118 pounds as compared to some of the others, which are at, uh, you know, 120. There are a few other 118s as well. But this is a horse who comes from off the pace with Joel Rosario and... Um, I don't know. Last time I thought was a little bit of a tough race for her. Granted, she was in against some pretty good horses. She had a bump start, etc. But I've kind of expected her to get back to the form that we saw around this time last year at uh, Gulfstream Park and, and even at Keeneland where she performed so well in the Transylvania. So I'm curious to see if we get a little bit of a comeback from her, especially since um, Suga is pretty good at bringing horses back off of a, a bit of a layoff as well. Right. She's had well, some really solid works, too. Megan and I are very different here. Um, I, this is another race where you grab, to me, a front-running style like the seven Phantom Currency and single, or you spread far and wide. So the layoff could be an issue at this distance. But Lynch hits, uh, trainer Brian Lynch hits a, a very respectable 19% of these types of layoffs. It's only a mile, so I think fitness is less of an issue than if we were talking about another type of race. Uh, I'm going to also include the nine English B, mostly because I love Sia's getting that mount. And if there's a long shot who's going to jump up, it's going to be the eight Carpenter's Call. Has a front-running style, and it just may be enough to stay in front. Maybe the horse just doesn't know any damn better. And so I'm 798 in the, the KJ Appleton. There you go. The one thing about the seven, though, is that I wonder if this is too short for him. Because sure. his best races have been like a mile and a quarter, a mile and an eighth, etc. And And in fact, the last time that he went a mile was at Kentucky Downs. And granted, that's kind of a weird course that horses either love it or they hate it um where he finished a bad six beaten by eight legs he did have some decent races at the mile and the 16th distance but it almost makes me wonder that if you look at his work tab it's really fascinating actually he's he might just be a great workhorse in the morning or they might be trying to get a little bit more speed into him for this flat mile because he runs a bullet work um on february 22nd at five furlongs in 1593 backs that up with another bullet five furlongs in 58 and four then they take the horse seven furlongs there to get yep. a, a little bit of stamina, make sure he can carry that newfound speed, I think, over the the mile distance. Same thing again, a seven furlong, and then they get another speed work in him as well. So I almost wonder if they're trying to train this horse to use that speed that he has shown over the longer distances, but make it a little quicker because those fractions are going to be a bit quicker at the flat mile distance. So he is trying something different than what I think he has shown that he is good at, which is curious to me, but also mm. maybe this is just an excellent training job. And we can see that in the, in the workouts um, by Brian Lynch. One thing quickly on Grace Fable, who is the defending champion of this race last year, won this race off of a 196 day layoff. It'll be a 230 day layoff this year. One thing to keep in mind though, this horse stayed in training at Woodbine in the fall last year and got washed mm -hmm. off the turf three times. So this horse ran four straight bullets at one point at Woodbine Atfield had this horse ready to go, just got scratched out of some spots. So something to keep in mind, uh, obviously yeah. a lot more speed than last year signed on, but Grace Fable took this field wire to wire last year. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to a very interesting Florida Derby. We see the Holy Bull winner, White Abario. We have the Fountain of Youth winner with Simplification. The Tampa Bay Derby winner with Classic Causeway. And Casual then we got this sneaky new shooter for Todd Pletcher and Luis Saez with Charge It. Um, Megan, how do you see this one playing out? 
Uh, I've got simplification, as simple as that. I think I think this is definitely the horse uh, that's able to win. He won so easily last time in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, I, I think the more distance seems to be better for him as we go along, although he was talented when sprinting. I thought about White Avario because, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong, really. His worst effort was a third beaten by six lengths in the Kentucky Jockey Club where we saw Small Happy Classic Causeway who shows up in here and obviously has done well. And it seems like this horse has been pretty speedy. So I would expect him to try to maybe get out in front if he gets a good break from the uh, the gate. And then the two, um, Classic Causeway, who's won his last two races, albeit at Tampa. He's got to show his stuff here at uh, Goldstream Park. But again, it seems like Brian Lynch, who's going to get 17% here, is doing pretty well with his horses at uh, Goldstream. But if I had to single, it would be simplification. Any, any notes though on the you know this is Charge's third race, but when you got Pletcher and Luis Saez in Florida, you got to take it seriously. Yeah, so I uh, it's funny yeah. because I'll go ahead here. Actually, I totally caught me too, Mike. I was like, because we get these and there's not even like saddle numbers on these horses when we get the PPs, and I was like, ooh, this is I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm like, no one's gonna notice this horse, and then the the morning line comes out, and of course it's what, yeah, right back there you are. So yeah, no, everybody's thinking the same thing as me. It's a horse stretching out. Obviously, uh, Pletcher does a great job with that as well. And, um, it, you know, they're not really showing like a sprinter route because they consider that mile one turn to be a route race. I wish there was like a two turn thing in the, in the form, but the, the workouts have been really good. I do agree with Megan. I've got simplification on top as well. The weirdest thing that's happened to me this year, I think, on all the ABR stuff was I was the only one who had simplification in the Fountain of Youth on top. How that happens with like 12 people, I got no idea, but um, I really trust uh, Jose Ortiz in these spots, and I think that they're going to come back. What I love about simplification, actually, is the works since that fountain of youth have been very good. So the horse is still very fit, seems to be running in very, very good order. I'm with Megan largely here. I think um, I think Casual Causeway, the two, will probably be right there. I'm interested to see if there's a repeat performance by White Abario, who I also had on top when he ran uh, previously. Had an insane workout the other day which actually turns me off of the horse a little bit. I think, what do you run? Like a 33? No, he 34? ran three for a long time, 34 and four. Yeah. I and, call and him classic Causeway again. You called him classic. Yeah. It's casual. Um, yeah, you I'm did. Never gonna, I'm going to do that. No, it is classic Causeway. No, you got it right. We're Causeway. just mad at you for getting it right. Yeah. So, oh, um, okay. Right. It's so an my, joke. my official gotcha. picks, I went, I went three, two, six and seven. So there you go. My my one thing I'll just say as far as the pace setup is it looks like there's a lot of speed in here, which kind of yeah. makes me like a horse like simplification even more because although earlier in his career he was did seem to be like a need the lead type of a horse. Last time in the Fountain of Youth, he was able to sit off the pace, which I think showed a lot of maturity and he was still able to close and you know, he won by three lengths that day. So if there is as much speed as I, I think it, it reads that there will be, that's gonna be a good tactic for him if he can do that again. And the other interesting note here that Mike mentioned at the beginning of the show was, is it Epicenter and everybody else right now? If Simplification shows up and wins in the progressive way that he's mm -hmm. been going, he might be the first yeah. Derby contender with a 100 speed figure. And then we're talking about him in a really serious way because I know Mike likes to see those uh, those those speed the figures speed right when figure. we get to the Derby. So No, I like Antonio Sano, man. That's my guy. You mean if he gets 100, if he gets it, 100 it, by your speed figure here? In, in the Florida Derby, like that's what race? I'm saying. Yes, oh, okay, in the race, okay. yes, correct. No yeah. one has one yet. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yes, right. So, right. But he, he went from a 91 in the Holy Bowl to a 96 in the Fountain of Youth. If right. he can keep going on that path, then he's he's headed for 100. Yeah. yeah. Simplification yeah. wins this race. I'm an Antonio, Antonio Sano guy, no doubt about it. And then if Messier wins the uh, 
Santa Anita. I mean, those would be my top two picks for the Derby. No question about it. There you go. Hey, I gotta go get nice. a. I gotta go get a blanket. I'm freezing to death. I did not Are wear the right clothes. Me? <laughs> we got yeah. three races left. You freaking baby. Four. All right, all right. Come on. Let's, I'll be right back. Hey. Let's do a. Let's do a producer pick. But I thought we were gonna get like Louis, uh, like pick three or pick five. We don't five, need that. We're already know. over, anyways. Let's go to JD. Yeah. All right. What do you got, JD? Day one of the championships at Royal Randwick, and we'll head to race number nine. The Doncaster Mile will be at 11.15 Pacific Time, 2.15 a.m. Eastern Time, Friday night into Saturday morning. Some names you may recognize in the field. Lighthouse, the former North American charge, is actually going to undergo a vet examination later tonight. We do not know if Lighthouse is going to pass fit from the vet to run in this race. The favorite will actually be the four-year-old mare, Forbidden Love, the 16 saddlecloth for jockey Jamie Ka. But the horse we're going to focus on is the number 20 saddlecloth, Converge. We'll watch the start here of the Randwick Guineas, and this is one of two grade ones at a mile that this horse has won. So Converge is the two and got a great flyer, but not a front-running horse, so he's going to Settle back in the field. Tim Clark does a great job on this day, finding some room, and now Converges settled in the fifth spot. Coming from home, check the outside, the black and red silks on Converge, and Tim Clark is going to take one look behind, see he has the favorite Animo right behind, and just takes off with this horse strongly charging. This is going to be the first time Converge will face older horses, but this turn of foot and this excellent display at a mile should suit this field well. Also, this was on a heavy going, and we expect heavy going again in the Doncaster Mile Friday night and Saturday, picking the upset, the three-year-old Converge. Good luck in all your wagering endeavors. Those, uh, those horses are running the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, they, all right, they let's move out to Arkansas. Let's go out all to right, Oakwan. Hot Springs. Megan's favorite Hot place in the world. Start with race five, which is the carousel. <laughs> uh, it is six furlongs on the dirt for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up. $200,000 on the uh, line here. Six horses. Who do we like? We got some familiar names. Uh, is this the Frank's Rocket or Joy's Rocket? Who we got? This is Frank's Rocket. The Frank's Rocket stakes. All right. You singling? There's yeah, a lot probably. of single digits there to single. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably singling. I mean, I'm Joy Jargon is fine. Never one here at Oakland. I prefer the others. All right, Louie. I Easy. absolutely completely agree with Megan. I think the addition of Flavian, this is her sort of level to dominate. Um, Mod is good off the layoff. Uh, they're taking it easy in her workouts. All the things that you want to see with her are coming in right now. I agree. Um, use the two and move on. So there's a yeah. there's a, a listed stakes that should be graded. So there you go. <laughs> um, race nine is the grade three Oakland mile, one mile on the dirt, four-year-olds and up, $400,000 here. We see Cezanne on the there, Roadster, a lot of other familiar names. Uh, who do we like in this one, Louie? So this this feels like a grade three plus two minus, actually, to me. I really like uh, this field. And um, my long shot is in this one, and it's only because I Ooh, don't love – I, I guess I've had more than I thought, but um, I don't love – only the third um, one. Cezanne over two <laughs> turns. Yeah, right. And so uh, give me the other front runner in this race, Silver Prospector, the six. 
Um, last time out, lost to Olympiad, who we just watched w- come back and win the last weekend for f- this last weekend for fun. It was a single for me. Um, sure, put Cezanne in my top three, and I don't hate this spot actually for Folsom's re- return to the track. Um, mm-hmm. But for all of the reasons that I also talked about, I don't hate this spot for Necker Island. Uh, so I landed six, four, eight, nine in the Oakland Mile. You know who I like in this race? Uh, is Dark who? Vader in this race? Absolutely. Yeah. There he is. Ohio bro. With, and, with and Ricardo. Ricardo let's go. Ricardo, let's go. Let's go, <laughs> Dark Vader. <laughs> Mike's pick. Um, uh, I got I have Law Professor on top at eight to one with the blinkers on. Johnny Velasquez, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, you know, he wins, I think his percentage for the year is um twelve percent. And he's had uh, I think he's only had nine winners so far. So it seems like, you know, he he, he doesn't have the biggest barn in the world he's only run 78 horses so far this year but he places them really well and he does really well when he ships horses to oakland i mean think city of light right like as as the years have gone on he's really pointedly put these horses in very very good spots where they've been successful and i think that's what we're going to see from law professor love johnny velasquez getting all aboard here uh blinkers going on i'm okay with that um, even though Mike doesn't have the greatest percentage, I'm all right, even with the turf to dirt, because this horse has had some pretty good dirt races before. And Mike McCarthy was at 25% when moving horses from those surfaces. So I'm going to take a little bit of a price there on top because I agree with Louis with Cezanne. I'm just a bit curious about this distance. The only time that this horse went two turns was the mile and the 16th at Del Mar and the shared belief. And, you know, he finished uh, fourth beaten by a length and a half, which wasn't the worst thing in the world. And that was to thousand words who um, would flip in the paddock at the Derby and on a repeat who many people liked, you know, but I just don't know if this is the horse that we're going to see juice well. And again, I don't know why this doesn't show up, but this, this horse was purchased at auction for $3.65 million. And this yeah. is the second time that this horse has been in the past performances. And that hasn't been recorded in the daily racing form. So I want to know what's going on. Because I, I do not understand. Um, and then Jay, Jay Privman horse, went ahead and just deleted that. That's what happened. Like, why though? And maybe it's all for these horses. I don't know. I don't get it. But I do know that that horse was purchased for that much. So, uh, full 78 for Brad Cox, I think, is also very interesting. Yeah, you I mentioned agree with yep. Ford yep. Board. I agree. Yeah, one I for one, it. Oakland, you know. I looked into this after it happened last time, Megan, and I think it's that Phasic Tempton uh, March sale. I don't think any horse is listed in DRF that's really still, and I don't know why. It's in my PPs like um, from right Equibase, into so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes no sense. I don't understand. That's like, I think it's important, right? Because I think they're also trying to make some of that money back. <laughs> I feel like, like putting this horse in some of the spots that he has been in. I don't know. I think he's talented, but I'm just really curious about this distance. I'd like to see him be in some of the big you know, sprint races. And a mile yeah, I, is not the furthest, but I don't know. I, I really it's two like turns. So like that's the part that's, at some point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Seeing this horse up close and personal as I did last time, and that's all we'll get into in relation to that. Uh, definitely looks like a sprinter um, as a horse. Right? Uh, that's what I so always I thought think, physically, too. I think yeah, that's Max, Max, Max. Oh, that's many times. Yeah. <laughs> but some of those body types can, can do okay over a flat mile so i don't know we'll see that's that's legit dad joke all right race 10 is uh we got some oaks points line in the grade three fantasy model 16th on the dirt three old philly six hundred thousand dollar race uh megan what is your fantasy 
<laughs> I'm going to go with the five horse. <laughs> yeah. And Magic circle is making sense. Um, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> you and my wife, what is going on? Oh man, he's just the best. So smart, so pretty. JD's fantasy is right, Carrie. Yeah, so um, <laughs> she sang oh, that hey, song. Hey. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, that. oh that's great. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, they like get on video sure. for that. All right, okay, that was great. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got the five. I actually think this is a pretty, I don't know, kind of a wide open race. I guess you could single the five for Bob Baffert and Johnny Velasquez, et cetera, coming off of two consecutive wins, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think Dreamlift is actually very interesting for Robertino Diodoro at eight to one, second start off the layoff. I think you get a little bit of an easier field maybe than what you saw in the Rachel Alexandra. And, you know, I think this is a horse that um, I think will probably like the Oakland surface. The seven, who is Yugiri, who yeah. I tried desperately to bring home last time in the honeybee was really high on that horse and finished third granted behind secretos who will show up in the arkansas derby against the boys and then the nine bubble rock um this is another horse can someone tell me why we're not seeing bubble rock in the bourbonette uh, thank you thank you why this thank is, you i get thank you already you. won at turfway park i mean is there a big difference in points like what what are we doing? No, here? there's because no difference in points. They're clearly trying to get dollars. I mean, I had this horse. Uh, this was a. I loved Bubble Rock so much last time. I, I saw nobody else winning that race. Won nicely, and now we show up here at Ocon. Makes no sense. Uh, Louis, I hear you. Megan didn't. Me I, I have Ida on top as well. Megan didn't mention Magic Circle, and Magic Circle is to me a victim of the Naira Road to the Oaks. So she runs and wins the Busanda in the fall over two turns at Aqueduct. And then for some reason, Naira runs the Busher over one turn. <laughs> but she gets back to two turns here. I love Magic Circle, actually, in this race. That's I a good love, take. I love the take. five to one number on this horse. So I'm very short. Uh, Megan suggested just using the five. I think that's a legitimate thing if you wanted to do. I'm including the four. I'm five four in the fantasy here just because she gets to go two turns again. All to right. be fair, just to hammer that point home, if Bubble Rock was in the Bourbonette, I would single her. I don't that's think that's wrong. I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. Final race of the day that we're going to talk about is the Grade One Arkansas Derby, a one point two five million dollars Derby prep here, hundred points, and we get a filly who's going to be five to two. Could we see the filly in the Derby? Of course, it all comes down to how she runs in this race. Does Secret Oath pull it off, Megan? I mean, to be fair, if anybody can do it, it's Wayne Lucas, right? Because he has actually won the Derby um, with a Philly before. So uh, I don't think so. I think I went to – I do have her in my top three. Um, I mean, she's super talented. It just seems like she's – uh, she's a fast horse. She's got a lot of stamina. I mean, physically, she's pretty good looking. She's kind of more a good imposing type. But I actually went with We the People for Rudolph Brousset and Flavian Pratt. I feel like the mile <laughs> that Louis pick. I feel like the mile and the sixteenth distance uh, was absolutely perfect. This horse did it very easily. Had a really good time, which was faster than um, Secret Oath. What she won the mile and the sixteenth. That granted, they were two different races, but. Uh, Oh, wait, no, hold on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was a second faster, I believe, than Secret Oath. Um, so I, I like We the People there. The eight horses well is Cyberknife for what Brad are you Cox. Doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just taking the words out of your mouth there, Louis. Yeah, sorry. Um, I get to go first. This horse is going to run without Lasix, which two races back in the Lecomte was not a good combination. But there was also blinkers on that day, and they took the blinkers off, got back to winning waves. They're staying off here. Gunrunner seems just like not this time, seems to be a really, really fantastic um, sire when we're talking about these classic three-year-old types this year. And really, if you cross out that sixth place finish, has done nothing wrong. And then I included Secret Oath. And then I kind of thought about Barber Road because he did run better than I thought he did last time. But I also didn't think that was the greatest race in the world. So, literally. All right. So Megan and I have exactly <laughs> the same top three. Um by the way, We the People is a very cleverly named son of Constitution. That's pretty well done. 100%. Yeah, that's really yeah, well absolutely. done. Flavian picks up the mount. I think his recent form shows that he's more than ready to win the Arkansas Derby. Uh, the eight cyber knife, Frenchie aboard. Um, eight to one morning line, but that recent form says he's going to be right there. I then went to the Philly, who I absolutely do think she can win this race. I want to be really clear. I do think she can win, um, but she will not offer much in the way of value. So she's got all the tools, and it would give us a non-Baffert headline for Derby, which would be uh, I'm kind of rooting for, I'll be honest. But I yeah. do think these these moves are so few and far between. Megan is totally right. It's Wayne Lucas and no one else that you can trust to do this kind of thing. Not, not only Wayne yeah. Lucas, but that list is very short. And um, yeah. I do think she ends up in the Oaks. I think she ends up in the Preakness. I think she's one of those types, which is uh, yes. just as yes. fun, frankly, for me. Yes. Um, I, I put doppelganger in the four spot. That's the only place we're different. Nine, eight, six, four for me in the Arkansas mm -hmm. Derby. I think as big I, of a story as, as having secret oath there is that D Wayne's back on top of the legit contender. He hasn't had a legit contender. Also, he, yeah, I mean, this time. is, this is, this oh, is, oh, Shug's got serious horses. Recently. I mean, it's fun this year. Yeah, Shug has yeah. good horses. I mean, yep. Wayne Lucas is winning at 8% so far this year with only right. four winners technically. Okay. So, I mean, absolutely. But also what's cool about this horse and, you know, there's been a couple articles about, it. I think Blood Horse was the first to do, to do the story. So credit to them. And then ABR did another one here recently. Um, and I'm sure NBC will pick it up too, but Secret Oath owned by Breland Farm. They purchased, they were not horse racing people at all. They purchased um, property, they purchased a farm and they had like a pleasure horse to ride or something. And people were like, Hey, you should get that horse a friend. And so they did. And they bought a horse for $1 who ended up being a, pretty good brood mare. I think they, they bred her to something and that horse either won or brought some money to auction. I wrote it all down somewhere, but I don't have it in front of me. So I'm just going off of memory here. Uh, and then they had another horse, I think, or that same mare produced another one that put them on the map. And so they have only raced horses that they have bred. They have never purchased a horse at auction. So it was wow. kind of by accident that they just needed like a, 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 a lawnmower essentially. Right. And a buddy for their horse that they started in this thoroughbred business and they're, you know, they don't, they're not a huge farm. They don't have a lot of horses or whatever, but they've just been really, really lucky and really selective um, with their small breeding program. Like essentially it's, it would be as small as a breeding program as if I had a couple of broodmares in my backyard, you know? So for them to have a horse like do? this, I just think is so, so exciting. Oh, um, that's absolutely in the five-year plan. <laughs> so, so you're saying uh, replace goats with broodmares and we have your story right there. No, no, no. Still people saw our tech chain. This, the, but... you know, <laughs> yeah, I had six baby goats born in the last week and a half. To be fair, I have sold uh, two of them already. They're going to be picked up this week. We weekend, are very so. proud of you. Goats are bringing in the cash, man. All right. So just a couple of D Wayne Lucas little hits right here. By the way, how old is D Wayne Lucas? 
78. 86 years 80. old. 86-year-old. What does the D stand for in D Wayne? What? What's um, the D? What's the initial D? What's it what's his real first name? Oh. Dennis. Oh, I knew this at one point. That is a very nineteen in like eighty-six year old man's name is Dennis, I feel like, Dean? but it's not Dennis. It's Daryl. Okay. Daryl. Uh, okay. D. Wayne has only had he has his last Kentucky Derby winner was nineteen ninety-nine. He's only had two triple crown wins since uh the year two thousand. He won in two thousand thirteen and, and in the Belmont Stakes in two thousand. And uh so I mean this is but before that. Deal. But before that, Dominant. he was in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, oh. he was Bob Baffert before Bob Baffert. I mean, right, and it, and he was and in his seventies. That's man. amazing. Yeah, right. And and he also, I mean, they call him the coach, and they call him the coach right. for a reason because he's. I mean, Todd Pletcher came up under him. I think Dallas Stewart for a little while. I mean, you name it, maybe even Bill Mott. You name it, and these guys learn from D. Wade Lucas. So it's just, it's so cool that we still have him around and that he's got a horse on the trail i mean this is just this is what horse racing is all about you look for those stories every year you know that like to do the features on for nbc and this is the stuff i get jazzed about when we're talking about triple crown season yeah obviously the handicapping too but also just the storylines and she whew, and i she love seeing magical. him on i love seeing him on the backside. he's always on that huge yep. huge horse and <laughs> yep. he's, he's always uh, on the and, pony if you get there early, like like a week or so before Derby, and he's out there. He'll talk to everybody. Like he, yeah. I mean, I was he just actually, on the rail by myself. He pulled up right next to me a couple of years ago, and we just had uh-huh. like a ten minute conversation. And yeah, he, he didn't know who I was. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. He's just right. uh, just an incredible dude. I mean, well, and, and he, Mike's he also, into basketball. Has done more. Mike's into basketball. We talk about coaching trees in basketball. Lucas's yeah. coaching tree, his trainer tree in horse oh, racing is, is unrivaled. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Yes. And he also, um, I mean, I would say that Dwayne Lucas has done more to bring youth into the sport than almost anybody else because right. every mm-hmm. time that he wins, he brings in, uh, he picks a kid from the crowd and brings yeah. him in the winner's circle and then buys him a photo that they get to then take home with them. Like imagine being a kid and having that kind of experience. You don't even have to have any idea who this person is, but just to be that close to a horse and to be that close to the action, like that is so cool. And that leaves a lasting impression on people and on the parents and, you know, the people around it and stuff. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we need to do more of in the sport. And he's been doing that for years. Good show guys. Um, again, if you want more turf way picks, uh, tune in tomorrow for a special, it'll just be Megan. Tomorrow. And but it'll, and it might be audio only, but it's going to be yeah, a lot of Megan's only. like, we can't handle this stuff. Megan has like <laughs> been just looking at this card. She's going to just, she's going to shove money in your pockets tomorrow. There, uh, okay, and literally will do the best he can. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Hey, and listen, Amazing. also, if you're, if you're in Louisville and actually you don't even have to be in Louisville, we got to give a shout out to our man, Louie, who is holding it down on ESPN 680 oh. right now yeah. and is, you know, doing a great job with the show. And uh, so you get to, if you want to listen to Louie talk about everything else except for horse racing, he'll sprinkle it in every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> just tune in. To, you're, and you're going to be on all next week, right? Yeah, next week too. For the yeah. future? What's that? You're gonna yeah, be on I'm, on, I'm on for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So By the way, it. I was the uh, I was the little four and five year old kid who did fake radio shows in his in his bedroom. So this is beyond a dream to be able to do this. So I'm having a blast. Oh, it's it's been awesome. really great. Yeah, it's been really great. Um, and I, 
you know, special thanks to Single Barrel Cigars. JD, thanks a lot. We're going to yeah. play the tab. We're going to get out of here. We're not going to have any music. But that's all right. We'll talk to you guys oh, next okay. time. This is right. the Horse Taking Happy Hour. Bye, guys. <laughs>